0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Tooth and Claw. On this episode, Jeff is taking the lead, actually. He prepared a really interesting story about a hippo attack. That makes this our second hippo episode, so um, if you want some more hippo, feel free to go back and check out our first one. Wes, of course, being the resident professional wildlife biologist, he digs pretty deep into some cool hippo facts, so we hope you enjoy it. Oh, and I wanted just to real quick, it's been a while since we did this, but if you haven't left us a review over on Apple podcasts and a rating or over on Spotify, you can leave ratings there as well. If you feel strongly about our show one way or the other, please leave us a review. We read all of them and uh, we wish that we could respond to all of them. You guys are all so nice, but yeah, it really does help us out a lot when you leave a review. Thanks in advance for doing that. You guys are all really nice and super supportive. So, uh, let's get to the episode. I've done enough talking. Let's go.
1: Uh, Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tooth and Claw podcast. That's what Uh, I call it. I said the tooth and claw, which <laughs> <laughs> we don't usually call it the so
0: that's what we're getting fancy today. Justin Timberlake
2: would have told us to name it
1: the tooth and claw oh because of the Facebook, yeah, yeah, so Sean or wait, no, he would have told us Myers or whatever is Sean Parker he would say the opposite, huh, yeah. It was, it, he didn't want it to be the Facebook. He just wanted it to be Facebook. So we're tooth and claw. So I got, I want to set up a little historical remembrance for you guys. Okay. All right. Yeah. Some, we just passed a holiday and, uh, I just want you guys to, I want you to picture it's August 8th, 2004 Okay. and yep. you're on the passenger boat, Chicago's little lady. You're on the 1 PM architecture foundation tour on the Chicago river, having the time of your life. Okay. yeah, you're out there, you're looking at Chicago architecture and you just happen to pass under the metal grates of the Kinsey Street Bridge. And little known to you at that exact point, bus driver Stefan Wool is also driving the violinist Boyd Tinsley from the popular band Dave Matthews Band. Oh, yeah, I remember. And at, at that very, at that very moment that you're passing under that bridge, That bus driver decides to empty the entire sewage tank of that bus onto you. Right onto that boat. Yeah, the septic tank. (laughs) Um, This happened. I just recently learned about this. It's called the Dave Matthews Band Chicago River Incident. And it dumped like... Uh, what was it? like three hundred it was a ridiculous amount of like septic tank on like three three hundred poos three it was three hundred poos <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I guess there's hundred and twenty people on this boat, and two thirds of them were soaked in the sewage material. All passengers were issued refunds, which I think is important um a lot of them they didn't went to-
2: ask like. Are any of you fans of Dave Matthews Band? You guys know (laughs) because you might be excited.
0: (laughs) So wait, the Uh, the boating company gave them their money back because uh, I feel like Dave Matthews like the bus should have been on. I'm sure they Dave Matthews
1: Band ended up having to pay like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, but here's a here's an explanation. The liquid waste was brownish yellow in color and had a foul, offensive odor. It went into passengers' eyes, mouths, hair, and onto clothing and personal belongings. Uh, There was people with disabilities, elderly, a pregnant woman, a small child, and an infant. All of them were soaked. The mayor released uh, a bit of an announcement talking about it, and he said the dumping was absolutely unacceptable, but that he thought the Dave Matthews Band was a very good band. So, um, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Anyway, something I just learned about and... Yeah, that anniversary just came about. Did
2: you did you hear about the redneck guy who found a meteorite? No. Yeah, it ended up just being like a chunk of frozen poop. Oh yeah, I did the guy's hear about name that. was
1: Joe Dirt. Yeah,
0: yeah I remember I that. Yeah. <laughs> yep,
1: I did hear about that, Jeff. Uh, I think there's a Dave Matthews song in that movie, so you know hmm. this is all full circle. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. You guys into the Dave Matthews band at all? No, not at all. I, I mean, like the song Crash. It. I did. Like, I will mm. admit that I like that song. It's hard not to like that song. Wow. But everything else to me. I don't really like jam bands. I just don't care for them. No fish? Nah. String cheese incident? No? Oh, okay. God. No. Well, not into cool. it. Anyway, that's something I learned about this week. That's the episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next <laughs> Thanks for taking
0: us back in time, Wes. Back to 2004. That was just reading. That was a trip.
2: 2004 news articles. (laughs) Yeah,
0: just
1: I just picture myself (laughs) under that bridge and staring up and seeing that liquid pour out and thinking, "Huh, this is a little this is a little weird." And yeah, yeah. But if that didn't happen to you, no one would care about your life, your day in Chicago. Yeah. I'm not
2: going that far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a
1: little. Do you think? Do you think extreme. for some of those people, that's the best thing that ever happened to them? Maybe most probably the most notable. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. at a party, they're like, "Hey." I bet you
2: even some of their family members, it's like, (laughs) I have an uncle (laughs) who was in Chicago and got Dave Matthews Band poop on
0: him. Plus, I don't think it's really that bad. Remember at the end of Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins is like super excited?
1: Yeah, (laughs) because he crawled through all that poop. I don't think it's because of the poop he was excited. (laughs) That's... (laughs) Open to interpretation, I guess.
2: <laughs> Isn't he excited that he's like not in the poop anymore?
1: Yeah, not in prison That's how anymore. That's kind of how he, I read it. You know. He's
0: like, oh, Every- <laughs> finally out of there.
1: <laughs> it's weird that you both interpreted this very differently. Every me. reading is valid. That's what I learned <laughs> yeah. as an
0: English student.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> All uh, right. What so, else? what are we doing? Poop. We're talking poop. Okay. Oh, the animal yeah. we're talking about today loves flipping its poop around. Mm. True. What and are we talking about? Let's let's intro the podcast really quickly. Oh, yeah. So We do that. We're Tooth and Claw Podcast. I'm Wes Larson. I'm a biologist. Been working with primarily large carnivores for the past 10 plus years, mostly bears. Jeff's my little brother. He was a tech on one of my projects for a bit. Now he's working with uh, invasive insects in Utah. Also does some fly fishing guiding. Mike uh, is a friend of ours. That we I'm just, kind of you know, like...
0: Your tech on your current project, if you look at it that way.
1: That's a good good Uh, way to look at it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Anime consultant, too. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we tell stories about (laughs) animal attacks, in quotation marks, attacks. You might want to call them encounters. That's a better word. But pretty much we're telling those stories that people love to hear, but we're trying to tell them in a way that does the animals justice, that explains their behavior why they probably reacted the way they did to the person, how the people might have been doing something wrong to trigger that attack or that encounter, and how we can learn from them. And we're you know what, we're we're trying to have some fun in the process. Are yeah. we having fun? So far. I'm having fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Most of the time.
1: Yeah. We got a special episode today because I'm not going to lead it. All right. So who's who's you want doing me to it? Do it? I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. All right. Whatever. I got one locked and loaded. Okay. This one's really cool because it's an animal encounter that turns into an animal attack.
1: Ooh, Ooh okay,
0: Yeah, that's
1: on brand. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of our stories. Um,
2: so what do you guys think would
1: be cool about owning your own
2: pet hippo?
1: Um, probably just the the fame and fortune that would come with it. Okay. You think you'd get famous? Yeah, you'd probably get internet famous if you a had a pet yeah. hippo.
0: I think the coolest thing would be having... Since hippos live in the water, typically, or spend most of the time in the water, I should say, that probably means you have a pretty sweet pool or like a river or something. So that's that's what Just I'm most excited that about. That you have
2: enough property to have a hippo is what yeah, you're excited right. about. Okay. The
0: hippo is like tertiary to my excitement of owning the hippo. What, what tricks would you want to teach it?
1: I would want it to... Open its mouth and let me brush its teeth. <laughs> That's the main one. So That's I
2: kind of want to be able to like
1: sit in its mouth and read a book. Okay.
0: Ew. It's brave. <laughs> Gross.
1: Yeah. It's not, not where I want to spend hours reading a book in a wet mouth <laughs> of a hippo. But well, right.
0: Jeff's not going to be reading for hours. It's going to be yeah.
1: like a couple yeah. minutes here and there. That's true. <laughs> Like one Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. <laughs> yeah, it would be great.
2: <laughs> I'm reading so much. Uh, what would suck about it?
1: Uh, I think t- like they smell. They have a lot of waste, and it would just be they really dirty. They eat a lot, and yeah. they dump a lot. Yeah, and they, you know the water's getting dirty all the time.
0: Yeah, I think the... The constant, ever-present fear of getting chomped in half would probably yeah, be. I think that suck, a pretty yeah. big con on my pro con list.
2: Yeah, they can kill you. Yeah, you yeah.
0: think? and they okay. sometimes oh, for sure. it seems like they really want to. So we've yeah. actually we've mm. done a
1: hippo episode, right? And we know mm-hmm. that they can kill a person.
0: All right. Well,
2: I'm going to be talking about a hippo attack, and we're talking about a South African man named Marius Els. And he's from the free state of South Africa. And he grew up with a lot of space and animals in the beautiful South African landscape. I got most of my information from a show on Animal Planet called Fatal Attractions. There's like oh, a yeah. ton of stories written about it, but Fatal Attractions was the only thing I really got a lot of comprehensive information from. Great. Yeah. Great show. So at 12 years old. He earned his dad's respect. Mike, you might want to plug your ears <laughs> by taming a wild horse that no one else could. Oh, man.
1: And then he named her Lady. He earned his uh, dad's did... respect and lost Mike's respect. <laughs> yeah. How
2: did you guys earn your dad's respect? Oh, I'm still trying.
0: <laughs> how about you? I tried grilling some barbecue chicken and, like, really butchered it today. And he was really nice about it, but, you know. I think I lost
1: respect on the whole, so I'm I'm in I the feel red. Like there's right one time now. when Dad told me, "Like yeah. wow, that's amazing," and that was like <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I finally earned his respect," but I I don't know, I don't remember. Maybe that like game where you
2: spread your fingers as wide as you can and you like try to put a knife in between your fingers yeah, as quick as you can. I don't think that. was I've never it. been quick enough for him to respect me. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So. He tames this wild horse and they become super bonded because like this horse who he named Lady only really likes him. So that's like kind of cool whenever like an animal just loves you and doesn't really like other people that much.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So like, I don't know, you guys can understand why he loves this horse, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, Lady very prematurely in her life got a pretty serious injury that they weren't able to uh, get it fixed and they had to put her down. Oh. Mm -hmm. This really depressed Marius and he withdrew. Oh my God, my freaking computer Siri turned on when I said that. (laughs) Okay, so this really depressed Marius (laughs) and he withdrew from his family and spent all of his time in nature and like all he cared about was bonding with animals. You know, um, and I feel that. I've, I've Pete, been there. Me and Pete Davidson are probably, like, in a similar <laughs> path right now. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Wes, what, what type of animals do you think you'd find?
1: In South Africa? Yeah, you've been there, right, Wes? Yeah, all sorts of stuff. He's going to find lots of ungulates, like springbok and Paula, a kudu, a wildebeest, giraffes, birds, hippos. There are penguins Lions. in
0: South Africa, right? Probably not uh, in this Yeah, in
1: far there. South Africa. Yeah. But probably not in free South Africa. No, well, if one like, flies about. a little farther north than usual, then maybe. The occasional so, pangolin, leopards. Yeah, we'll just cheetos.
2: assume he found at least one of all of those. Okay. <laughs> um, at 34 years old. He married and he became a major in the South African Calvary. Mm-hmm. Cavalry. He still just lived for his weekends when he could spend time with his animals on the game farm. Yeah, um, they called it a game farm once. I don't, I never saw that again, and I don't think they really like hunted there that much. But so that's what they
1: called it. A lot in South Africa, pretty much all of the wildlife are constrained to reserves. Like Kruger National Park is essentially fenced. Pretty much every place that there's wildlife in South Africa, it's fenced in, mm. and there's big reserves. But sometimes those reserves will be smaller, and they'll call them like game farms or something. And uh, sometimes they let people come on and hunt, or I don't know. There's a lot of different types of reserves. Get, yeah, I didn't get the impression people hunted on
2: it. Okay. So. Yeah, but um, it is
1: it is a really a really unique country when it comes to wildlife.
2: Okay. So Marius, he's. Unable to have children with his wife, so he bonded really strongly with his nephew, Johan. And Johan says a lot of his best life memories were with Marius teaching him about animals and nature. Cool. Oh, Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so then, um now that you feel all nice, then his father died, oh. and he got all depressed again, and started bonding with animals like he did when he was a child yeah at least he had his
0: respect when he died that's more that's more than we could say if our dads died that's true as far as coping mechanisms go too i feel like that's not a bad one to like reach out to wildlife yeah you know some people connect with nature
1: unless it becomes a fatal attraction Mm -hmm. then i don't think It is a good coping mechanism. Did we have to have earned dad's respect with crawling into bear dens? I don't know,
2: dude. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard. Okay. So he's all depressed now, but in 2005, a couple nearby rescued a three-month-old hippo Mm -hmm. from the Val River, which is like a huge river in South Africa. And they kept it for a few months, and then the hippo once it got to be, like, about a year old, got way too big for them to manage on their property. Yeah. So, Marius found out about it, and he decided he's, he was going to buy it. And, like, he just couldn't contain his excitement for, like, getting this new pet. And, like, apparently he already had a rhino and giraffe on his land. But, like, the idea of getting a hippo, he was just, like,
0: (laughs) a new man. Do you know how much he bought it for? I don't know. I'd be interested to hear the going rate of a hippo.
2: Well, by the end of the episode, we'll find out whether you can still ask him or not. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) what do you think he would need... (laughs) <laughs> what do you think he would need for his new pet hippo? Like, what do you think he needs to do? Some kind of like big water enclosure. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, so that's what he does. Yeah. He he builds a huge ditch and fills it with water. And then he buys Humphrey the hippo. And
1: Humphrey. he, huh? Humphrey? Did we know that Humphrey. yet? Or did you just slip that in there? I don't think you told us, us that, that was his name until just now. <laughs> that's a great well, name. Well, I just
2: told you. Yeah. All right. It's a good name. <laughs> and I'm just throwing it in. Keep up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he goes and buys Humphrey the hippo who he would feed a ton of apples to. Apples were Humphrey's favorite food and the young male hippo bonded to him like a dog. They would go on walks together, Marius would hand feed him and they would go and like lay down next to each other in the sun. Nice. Okay. So they cool. were just like best friends right away, right? Were they
1: both excreting blood mucus while they're in the for, sun?
2: No, uh, <laughs> okay. Marius would use standard human sunscreen. Okay. But Humphrey would Humphrey go ahead and would, do the. Would mucus. do that for yes. the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes um,
0: sense. Good SPF.
2: So Marius' family was really concerned for his safety, but they were also really conflicted because like. He was just so happy with his new hippo, and the hippo was really happy with him. Yeah. But as Humphrey got older, there's signs that the hippo was becoming more wild. Marius kind of ignored him and just focused on the positives. Which, you know, that's what everyone tells you to do, right? Just focus <laughs> on the positives. Yeah, that's true. So, can't blame him for that. No. So, as Humphrey's becoming a young adult, he begins to break out. And one day he well, broke down their steel fence, <laughs> No, break out of his enclosure. Oh okay. oh, okay, yeah. He broke down the steel fence and went to a near to the nearby Val River where he was originally found. Val, I think it's Val River. I don't know. That's and up to it's V A A L. Okay. So I'm going Val. Val, sure. Val. <laughs> um, and when escaping. Humphrey would approach people not knowing, like, that's kind of against the rules for most hippos to just go up to people. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's been raised by people, so yes. he's just going up to everyone yeah. he sees. Wes, who is it in our family that, well, whenever we'd say we were going to run away,
1: Mom would just say, like, I'll pack you a lunch. Yeah, we'd say we'd run away to Blue Mountain and kill rabbits for food, and they would be like, okay, we'll pack your bags and a lunch. <laughs> and and we'd be like, ah, well, She's a funny mom. She is. I wonder if she respects us. So one day, Humphrey
2: (laughs) escaped and went back to this this river, the Vol River, and started going towards a 52-year-old man canoeing with his 7-year-old grandson. So when I read this, Mike, I immediately thought of you telling me about that license plate border thing that said I'd rather be kayaking.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got pretty worked (laughs) up about that, didn't I? (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) You think this guy could have one that says like I'd rather be canoeing on his car? Or yeah. Would you be? Would you like think? I just that never. I don't.
0: I don't believe that he would always rather be doing that, no matter <laughs> the circumstances. You know. Um, <laughs> I saw one the other day that said, "I'd
2: rather be a triathlete," and that <laughs> one really threw. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs>
1: Is something <laughs> it, stopping bro. them?
2: <laughs> 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 so yeah. you're not, and you would just rather be that? Can't yeah. afford a um, bike.
1: Interesting. Is Humphrey full size at this point?
2: No, he's not full size. He's like okay. a teenager. Okay. He's like so a he's couple big. years old. So what would you guys do if you're like the grandpa and you're just canoeing with your seven-year-old grandson and you see this hippo coming at you?
1: You'd be scared. You know that they're a dangerous animal and you would be... Like you wouldn't
2: feel like your canoe's big enough.
1: No, you'd be worried. A canoe's not a problem for them. And like
2: he doesn't know Humphrey's a trained or like a... A tamed animal. yeah, Yeah, kind of a tame hippo. Yeah. So they canoed over to a tree and climbed up the tree and then... Humphrey stood under the tree for two hours, just bumping into the canoe and looking up at him and wouldn't leave. Yeah. And finally Marius came and he got Humphrey to leave him alone with an apple. (laughs) So he just had an apple on him and called Humphrey over and Humphrey went and got the apple. And Marius got a lot of negative attention because of this incident but he's actually kind of happy about it because he's proud of himself for having a trained hippo, yeah. and he liked all the attention he was getting for it. And this made me wonder: Are apples kind of the bear spray for hippos and cassowaries? <laughs> I you don't think? think so. You just need an
1: apple. <laughs> I yeah. just think it's like like with the horse. If you give a horse a treat. A lot of times you can get him to do what you want him to do, you know? Big ungulates like a treat.
2: This incident did make him take it a little more seriously and they electrified all their fences around Humphrey. And that made it so Humphrey stopped escaping. But then with the new attention, Marius started bringing in camera people to come see the hippo and like see how bonded they were. So Marius would ride on Humphrey like every single week and he would even run and jump onto his back as he was getting into the water and then Humphrey would swim around in his little pond but he would always keep Marius above water like he knew not to go too deep and like Mm. they would just ride around in the pond and he'd get wet kind of up to his Waste, yeah. but he was just riding this hippo around his property.
1: <laughs> I think I've seen uh-huh. videos and photos of this dude riding his hippo. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's bad, but it's pretty sweet.
2: His dad would have been real proud of it if he's <laughs> <Yeah>. still around. <laughs> really respected him. Yeah. So he brings a cameraman to like come and film him riding his hippo around. And something about, like, the extra person there and the camera made Humphrey more agitated than normal. And Humphrey just kept throwing him off of his back and was acting, like, a little bit more agitated than normal. So this was where, like, some red flags started coming up, you know? But it's kind of like Humphrey's not just, like, completely chill with him anymore. So Humphrey's now a 5-year-old male hippo. And, like, adult male hippos get to... 3,500 to, like, 9,000 pounds. This is a big old hippo now, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one day in 2010, Humphrey charged Johan with his mouth open. Johan was just walking by some bushes and then sees this hippo with his mouth wide open charging at him. And he didn't make contact, but it really scared Johan. And, like, there's some real tension there. Then a little later, Humphrey full-on attacked Johan and threw him 10 feet in the air. Marius was 100 yards away, and he ran up to help after hearing Johan scream for help. And he ran up as Johan was being bit by Humphrey on the ground. And he got the hippo off of him, and then they took Johan to the hospital. And on the whole drive there, Johan was in a ton of pain. His back hurt, his leg hurt. And they get to the hospital. He has a broken pelvis from the bite. Oh, my gosh. Marius just, like, feels awful because, like, this hippo... He said... I'll bring it up later, but, like, this hippo, he treats him as a son. So, like, he's super conflicted. He's crying. He just feels so bad that he didn't prevent this attack. And then yeah. Johan feels isn't terrible because, like, of all this grief his uncle feels. And they both, more than, like, being upset that he got attacked... They're both just upset that the whole thing happened. So right. he
1: treats Humphrey as his son? Yeah. So do you think Humphrey was just trying to earn his dad's respect? Is this just <laughs> a big he... <laughs> circle of sons trying to earn maybe, their dad's respect?
2: Maybe he thought Johan was kind of taking
1: his trying role Trying to as... take over. Jealousy. Yeah. Or he was yeah. just like, Dad, look how far I can chuck Johan up in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So Johan ended up having permanent leg damage from the attack. Yeah, you're still able to like walk around, but it's just never been the same. Yeah,
1: broken yeah.
0: Pelvis is not a joke.
1: Well, they got I mean, not they a have joke. a ton of. We're not going to go through all the facts I bet you today. There's some
2: jokes about
1: that. Yeah, there's for a sure. Yeah. We're not going to go through all the facts, but if you go back to our other hippo episode, we talk about their jaw strength. They have tw- they can have up to twenty inch long canines. They are amazing animals. They're and like Jeff mentioned, they're absolutely massive. They're the third biggest terrestrial mammal. So they're still counted as like a terrestrial mammal. So they're only like. Oh, and
2: I got some facts coming up. Okay, great. Um, Cool. I won't get too deep into them. Those two facts come up. So yeah, that's a good tease for Jeff's upcoming facts. (laughs) Okay. So then after that, Marius is like pretty concerned about his pet hippo. So he goes to a local person named Tony Jobert, and he's a local hippo owner. And Tony told him that, you know, you have a five-year-old bull hippo. So, like, he wants to mate. And you have to buy him a female hippo and just leave it to be a hippo. Marius tells him. His
0: solution was just to buy another hippo and then just let them go and be hippos? And also,
1: he just went to, like, the local other hippo owner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The guy asked him, like, do you have space like another hippo and marius is like yeah and then he's like well yeah you need like a female one you know that's (laughs) exactly
1: what marius wanted to hear too he was like yep i got space no
2: because marius says you don't understand i swim with the hippo and like tony's telling him like you gotta just let it be a hippo you know yeah so tony's like oh, you're crazy, you can't swim with a hippo, it'll kill yeah. you. So, so even really, the other
0: hippo guy is yeah, a little Mar- shaken like, by <laughs>
2: Tony, who owns hippos, is like, you're f- crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop yeah.
1: swimming with your hippo. <laughs> really quick, uh, just a quick thing that I want to interject. I think it's important that people understand the difference between, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, domestication, and simply taming an animal. So if you tame a wild animal, you're that particular animal, you've kind of taught it good behavior. But at some point, it's natural hormones and it's natural behaviors and everything might still trigger and it might still decide to revert back to like a completely wild state. Domestication is very different. It's like, over generations and generations and generations and generations, we've selected for particular attributes that we want in an animal. And over a long time, we pulled those attributes out to where it's like pretty much a different animal. Like it's become domesticated. It, We have picked the nicest animal of that litter and then the nicest of the next litter. And we just kept doing that until they were domesticated. And so it's important that people remember when you're just taming a wild animal it's just very surface level. That yeah. animal has learned what it needs to do to like get a reward or to like get some attention from you. But it's not domesticated. It's tamed. And it could very easily slip back into some really aggressive natural behaviors.
2: Yeah. But Humphrey was like, you know, he's pretty cuddly. <laughs> he's an exception. Yeah. Cool
1: pet. Well, I, yeah. He was getting I, those apples. We'll see
2: what happens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: But yeah, so to rewind, because I really liked the response here. So Tony says, like, you're crazy, you can't swim with the hippo, it'll kill you. What do you guys think Marius told him in response to that? I have no idea. Well, he told him, I will never stop swimming with
0: my hippo. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, I like a man of conviction. Yeah.
2: So he's I I bet that ends up being true. (laughs) And then Tony says he knows that Marius is going to get killed, and Marius says that Humphrey's just a lovable, gentle giant. Okay. So then Humphrey escapes again and he decides to go ahead and kill six different cattle from this cattle owner nearby. Wow, that's not typical hippo behavior. Yeah. Uh, this cattle owner gets really pissed and he wants Marius to sell the hippo. He's like, You can't handle this thing And Mike West just said Killing cattle, that's really, why, what is that? Like, why isn't that hippo behavior? They're not right?
1: carnivores. Like, they don't, they don't eat meat. They don't care to kill cattle. Like, they are famous for, like, raiding So why do you think he would have killed cattle? Probably just because he's, like, a hippo that's been kept in an enclosure all his life. He's and He's, like, doesn't. getting stressed out yeah, with the situation. Yeah, he's just not acting like a normal hippo.
2: And then Humphrey also reportedly chased golfers at a local country club when he escaped. So, Marius finally gets someone called on him to come and investigate it. Uh-huh. Wildlife inspector Herman Jordan was called. And what would you guys do if your strategy's like, you want to keep your pet hippo and the
0: wildlife inspector mm-hmm. comes? I don't know. Just hide him in, like, put him in the closet <laughs> so they couldn't find him.
2: Well, Marius's idea was to show him that he could ride up. Oh, on, no. <laughs> oh, Marius. No. <laughs> and so it, Sorry, I keep saying, I, listeners, say I'm mixing up Marius and Marius, <laughs> yeah. but it's Marius. So he's like, I'm going to show you. like, He's like my son. I'm going to swim with him. And uh, Herman's like, no, you're not. And if you ever do that again, I'll prosecute you. <laughs> You need to take heed of this animal or, or it's going to kill you. So Marius is quoted as saying, Humphrey's like a son to me. He's just like a human. There's a relationship between Humphrey and me, and that's what some people don't understand. They think you can only have a relationship with dogs, cats, and domestic animals. But I have a relationship with the most dangerous animal in Africa. So that's what Marius said. And, uh... You know, that kind of just shows you his perspective on his hippo, yeah, which
1: is really unique. It's getting a little too deep. I don't doubt that he had a relationship with it, but even if like you do have it, if you had a dog that weighed 5,000 pounds, you would still, <laughs> even if you like had a, a great relationship with nice. your dog, you would have to be like, oh I, yeah, I have a great relationship with my dog, but it's also 5,000 pounds and it could kill me at any moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm. And like. That's a good One thing point. he just mentioned, Jeff, like the most dangerous animal in Africa thing. I want to come back to that later. So I want to put a little okay. pin in that. Yeah, okay. do it. Sure. Okay,
2: But not not right now. Not okay. right now.
1: Nope. We're I'm putting cruising. a pin in it.
2: Okay. So after all this attention, people coming to investigate it, Marius tells his family he's planning on moving Humphrey to a game farm. And then like the day that he told him he's going to move him comes and he's just kind of like ignoring everyone and changing the subject when they bring it up
0: like when bill about yeah. doesn't want to hand the ring to gandalf <laughs> exactly
1: yeah it was humphrey <laughs> right there in his pocket it's a
0: really
2: that's a really good example <laughs> but there's no gandalf in the story to Man. like really call him out on his shit you yeah. know everyone needs a gandalf and he's That's still his plan, but he just decides to push it back. So, Johan begins to like really dread helping out on the farm just because he has a really bad feeling about everything. Probably partially because he's been like attacked and bitten really hard by this hippo. (laughs) Right. And just watching Marius like hand feed the hippo still. And now everyone watches from a really safe distance, but to watch someone you love doing that. You know, he get, he's starting to get really scared. And this hippo's starting to not really let anyone else get close to it. So, I'm going to take a quick little break here to give you guys Jeff's six fun hippo facts. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, great. So, number one, hippos are really big. Number two... Oh, that's pretty fun. Hippos have a lot of friends. <laughs> number three... Wait a minute. Hippos have big teeth. <laughs> number four... Hippos have cute ears they can wiggle. Number five, they eat a lot. Number six, they smell poop.
0: Was this (laughs) peer-reviewed? Where'd this information come from?
2: So with number one, like Wes already mentioned, they're the third largest land mammals. So which ones are the bigger ones? Elephants and white rhinos. Right. Hippos have lots of friends. Normally schools of hippos have 10 to 30 members but some schools have up to 200 members. So this is probably part of why Humphrey's getting so agitated is they are very social animals. Hippos have big old teeth. So hippo teeth are much sharper than most other herbivores, and they grow really long, and that's to help them fight during, like, mating.
1: Yeah. Pigs are some of their closest relatives, and they also have, like, big tusks that they use for for fighting Mm. and stuff. So, yeah.
2: Hippos have cute ears they can wiggle. I don't have any more information on that one.
1: Well, so an interesting <laughs> thing Self-aware. about that, it's actually a good one. If you look at a hippo, you see that their eyes, their nose, and their ears are all like on top of their head. And that's mm-hmm. so that they can float in the water. The thing about hippos being in the water, I'm going to let you get back to your facts, but this is one I wanted to bring up. No, yeah, They're in the water mostly to keep their skin wet and to keep out of the sun, they're not really getting food out of the water. It's not their main spot for doing anything aside from like sun avoidance. And at nighttime, they actually leave the water to go eat. So like they're not eating. Do they sleep
2: in the water oh. when they're just they like hanging They can sleep out in, the yeah. in the water,
1: yeah. And a really yeah. cool thing about their sleep patterns is they'll fall asleep and they don't float. They actually sink. They're not swimmers, and they'll sink down. And then they have this automatic uh, response where their body they just like push themselves back up for air. And they do that without thinking while they're sleeping, which is really cool. Well,
2: that's really cool. Yeah.
1: So they can like sink
2: down. And, and their bodies like just automatically like to go push back themselves up to back breathe. up. Yeah.
1: Wow. But the thing that people don't realize much about hippos is that they eat almost all of their food on land. And they'll eat a lot of food every given night. They go out and they eat like 80 kilograms of food. Um, On any given night, which is a lot.
2: Yeah, they eat eighty kilograms of grass each night.
1: But actually, compared to cattle, that's less percentage-wise for body size. So they actually don't eat pounds.
2: Are you sure it's kilograms?
1: It might be pounds. I can't remember, but it's a lot. Okay. It might be eighty pounds. I think you're right. It's eighty pounds. I mean, for a
0: three to ten
1: thousand pound animal, right? That's not that much.
0: Really, anything out,
1: yeah. And like for them, that's like one point something percent of their body weight. And, like, cows will eat 2.5% of their body weight every day. So they still right. eat a ton, Oof. but cows they're not. it's not that it. much considering how big they are. I yeah. love cows. All right, um, Jeff, sorry. Go ahead. Continue.
2: Number six, they smell poop. Hippos will smell each other's poop to determine if other hippos are friends or foes. So they can tell that by the way their poop smells. Cool. Okay. Wes, you have any other hippo facts you want to throw in?
1: I have a bunch, but I'm sure we're going to do more hippo hippo episodes in the future so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bore you okay. with them i wonder what Those exactly what it is that they
0: smell in the poo that makes them determine that it's a friend what do you i think? don't know yeah
1: i know the big males will like poop and then they flick their tail back and forth and it sprays it all over and that's like a dominance thing and that's probably to spread all their poop around so that all the other males are like oh this is the big the big guy yeah. Yeah. so
2: it's like spread and scent around
1: yeah it's kind of like that okay. Dave Matthews band Bus Driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
2: Dave, that's how Dave Matthews
1: band. Yeah. Like, that's how they end every show. New kind fans. of
2: started their authority over the whole city of Chicago. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's
0: kind of how I now feel we. after listening to Dave Matthews. Band. You,
1: you heard the mayor suck up to him. <laughs> that's <You> true. That's <laughs> all because of the smell of their poop. Yeah. yeah. And they just dumped their <laughs> shit on like 120 of his citizens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back to the story. One day in November 2011, Marius went to the water and started whistling and calling for Humphrey. He was biting an apple and wanting to feed Humphrey the rest of this apple he's biting. Mm -hmm. But something seemed wrong to Johan as Humphrey came towards him. Henny, a farm worker, was also with Johan and said Humphrey came at Marius with his ears pinned back. Wes, why is that bad?
1: It's just a sign of aggression. It's, it's the hippo telling him that he's not happy.
0: To get a little more aerodynamic, probably. There's a few
1: other things they do, like <laughs> him running at Johan earlier with his mouth open. Like if they mm. open their mouths or if they pin their ears back or if they grunt or make a bunch of different vocalizations, those are all signals from a hippo that it's not happy with you. So
2: Henny and Johan start calling Adam to get away because Humphrey looks aggressive and Johann got a real cold chill going all the way down his spine. He says, It happened in a blink of an eye. Humphrey grabbed Marius and brought him into the water, biting him multiple times. Marius shouted Humphrey's name once while being bitten, but then was suddenly taken into the water. Henny went straight into the water to help and called to Johann, who quickly followed. They grabbed Marius under each arm and dragged his body onto shore. Johan then felt for a pulse, and he thought he felt a pulse, and, you know, he had some hope, but now that he's, like, looking back on it, he thinks that that might have been just, like, wishful thinking, because the paramedics quickly arrived, and they pronounced Marius dead at the scene, Wow! and with the autopsy, they thought he died pretty instantly. Wow. So then Humphrey was shot by the family, and...
1: All of them, Tony, together? the other the firing <laughs> squad. Yeah, did they blindfold him? Oh, actually, I picture one guy. I shouldn't with all even say that. On it.
2: All I read was Humphrey was shot. Okay, and then Tony, the other hippo owner, was upset that they killed Humphrey because he has a female hippo named Jessica and he seems to think that he's a pretty responsible hippo owner that's not going to get eaten by his hippos. Yeah, so. That's the story of what happened to Marius Els in you South think, Africa. Do
1: you think Marius, how he said he always wanted to be swimming with Humphrey? Do you think like a little bit of him was still inside Humphrey when Humphrey died? Mm-hmm. So he was still swimming with him?
2: <laughs> He's still swimming with <laughs> yeah. him today. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah I guess, well, no, I guess they both died, huh?
1: You know, um, Johan's pretty brave. To like to get yeah. thrown up in the air by this hippo and have his pelvis crushed and everything, and then to be able to jump back in the water to save Marius Well, I thought is like, this Henny dude too, like, actually,
2: yeah. he, he was like went right in there. That was like his first reaction,
1: yeah. Well, the moral of this story is don't have pet hippos, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Although. It did look pretty cool watching him ride his (laughs) I don't think it's worth it. I think think you get rid of him once they turn three. That's the moral I got out of it. I don't think that's fair to the (laughs) hippo. (laughs) Do you guys have any questions or comments? Yeah, I
0: I did want to bring up something that Wes just mentioned really quickly in passing that we covered a little more thoroughly on our last episode. But in cartoons, I grew up thinking hippo teeth were like kind of sawed off little nubs. But 20 inch long tusk slash fangs, it's pretty wild how, I mean, obviously anything that big is going to be dangerous, but they have some serious weapons too in their mouth. It's
2: crazy too, because I feel like most animals with teeth that big, the teeth don't stay inside of their mouth when their mouth is closed, but these teeth fit up into their upper lip when they close their mouth. Yeah, they kind of
1: like fold into there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is now a good time for me to talk about the hippos being the most dangerous animal in Africa thing or yeah, do you want Yeah I have a
2: two-parter thing and I'm going to talk about Pablo Escobar's hippos Okay, but that's kind of a conservation type thing so we'll just we'll let you run with this first Okay yeah. so
1: while we're talking about hippos in Africa I think we talked about this in our last episode and I had a really hard time figuring out how many people hippos actually kill every year. And if you just type that into Google, like how many people are hippos killing, the number that always comes up is 500. And that's a lot of people. Like if that's true, then yes, that's they like are. That's like the low end of it. Right. But, from okay, what I So we're going to get into this. If that's true, then they are the most dangerous herbivore for sure in Africa and one of the more dangerous animals. Crocodiles kill a lot more people without a doubt, but hippos would be number two if that was the case. I really dug into this and I completely avoided any kind of popular literature. I just went for scientific articles and I think I've, I think I've solved this for us. And it's not, it's not what these popular articles say. And I want people to think about like, there's a lot of misinformation about animals out there. Like people think that polar bears are relentless man eaters. And there's just a lot of things that people have kind of like decided to agree upon, even though they're not true. And this hippos killing that many people is definitely one of those things. I'm not saying that hippos aren't one of the most dangerous animals in Africa, but they definitely don't kill 500 people a year. So I poured over all this scientific literature. Crocodiles are without a doubt of like large animals. They're the number one killer in Africa. In a lot of the case studies I looked at, so The best information for this sort of thing is case studies where they'd look at a certain country. They'd take like a 10-year spread or something, and they'd see how many people died in those years. And in those case studies, crocodiles, elephants, and lions often killed more people than hippos. So then I was kind of like not knowing what to believe. And so I decided to look at the countries that have the largest hippo populations. And Zambia is the country that has the largest hippo population. They have 40,000 hippos, which is roughly 32% of all the hippos in Africa. So there's about 125,000 hippos in Africa, and Zambia has 40,000 of them. So you would think if any country is going to be responsible for a lot of hippo deaths, it's probably going to be Zambia. So I found a case study, and they looked at human deaths from wildlife from 2002 to 2008. Crocodiles killed roughly three times the amount of people as hippos, and hippos and elephants killed roughly the same amount of people. So in that seven years, 2002 to 2008, so there's seven total years there, there were 65 people killed by hippos and 63 people killed by elephants. So I want to do just a little bit of math here really quick on those numbers. So 65 people died over a seven-year period in Zambia. So that comes out to about 9.2 people per year over that seven-year period. As I said later, about 32% of the roughly 125,000 hippos call Zambia home. So if 500 people a year were actually killed by hippos, you would expect to have a large chunk, like about a third of those 500 people come from Zambia because about a third of the hippos live there. So 32% of 500 is 160. So if 500 people were actually dying each year from hippos, it wouldn't be crazy to assume that it would be about 160 people that would be killed by hippos in Zambia. But even if you wanted to just be conservative, so we said it should be around 160. Even if you were to knock that in half and say, okay, just 80 people a year should be killed in Zambia, this study showed it's about nine people a year. So it's way less than what you would expect. And then there's another study in Mozambique, a really populated country that showed 12 deaths from hippos over a two-year period, so six deaths a year. So I think this 500 number is complete bullshit. Like I really don't think it's anywhere near that. I can't find anything in any of the literature that suggests that hippos are more dangerous than elephants or even close to what crocodiles do. So they're really not the most dangerous animal in Africa. They're not responsible for that many deaths. That being said, they're an incredibly dangerous animal. They might be like top four. They're very territorial. They're for sure top four. Mount Rushmore, most dangerous. Yeah, so in Africa, as far as large animals go, we're not counting like spiders and snakes And and mosquitoes and stuff. As far as large animals go, it's crocodiles, and then the next three are either elephants, hippos, or lions. Those are the other three that are responsible for a lot of deaths. But none of them, besides crocodiles, are even close to 500 deaths a year. Interesting. So if you ever hear that thing, or if you ever hear hippos are the most dangerous animal in Africa, that's not true. They're yeah. not. They're territorial, aggressive animals, but they're not the most dangerous animal in Africa.
2: What I've heard is they're the most dangerous land animal.
1: They're not. That's the thing. That's crocodiles what Crocodiles aren't land animals. Elephants in Every case study I read, aside from the one in Zambia, elephants were responsible for more deaths by a good okay. margin. Usually, like, twice as many. So, yeah, they are dangerous. Like, don't get me wrong. They're super dangerous. But that 500 number, I think we can throw that completely out the window. Well, myth busted. Myth busted. That's been sitting with me since our last Hippo episode, and it's something I couldn't stop thinking about. No,
2: that, I was really curious. So yeah. thanks. Yep. Okay. So... I'm going to go into our conservation, and I'm getting real specific on this one. I mentioned it in our last hippo episode, but this time I looked into it a lot more. And as the listeners may or may not know, there's a pretty decent hippo population in Colombia, and it's really random, and I'm going to explain why they're there and like how they're doing and what the country is doing about it. Okay. So I watched a documentary called The Hunt for Pablo's Hippos. And in Hacienda, Napoles, Pablo Escobar, one of like the biggest drug lords in the history of the world, at his height of power, he's like the sixth richest man in the world. So he made this huge playhouse farm ranch out in Hacienda, Napoles and he Playouts. had like
1: i'm just picturing huh? a
2: huge playhouse no. it seriously With was swings and, there's yeah. like a ton of like <laughs> dinosaur collection there where okay. he just oh, has wow. like a ton of dinosaurs made out of cement that are like triceratops is like stabbing another dinosaur and stuff and it's like I don't know, it's like funny like little kid stuff but okay he starts collecting stuff and then he starts an animal collection and he gets elephants he gets giraffes He gets, like, ostrich, monkeys, a bunch of different animals, and then he gets four hippos, which were, like, his favorite animals of all of his animals, (laughs) and I read, or, like, there's this guy on the documentary that took care of the hippos for him, and he said he just went up there and, like, asked for a job, and... Pablo gave him a job and he's like that's
1: how everyone did it if you wanted a job he would give you a job imagine walking up to him and you're like hey could I get a job and he's like yeah you're gonna take care of my hippos (laughs) I'd be so stoked (laughs) so Pablo then opened his zoo to the public free of
2: charge and there's like a ton of people who went and like took pictures with his animals and one of them's name was
0: yeah, I was going to ask if the hippos had names.
2: Her name was Gina. I, I'm trying to read my note here. Oh, is this a visitor? Her first,
0: we're okay. just going
2: to go. It's Gina Serna. I'm just going to go by her first name the rest of the episode, though, Gina. And she went there and got a picture with his monkey when she was, like, a little girl. And the reason she's important is she's now in charge of all the hippos in Colombia. Like, the government mm-hmm. put her in charge of it. So, like, she went to Pablo's farm. Like, everyone really loved Pablo Escobar before the drug war started. But then, like, the drug war started, he got super violent, and Gina's father was actually killed by one of Pablo Escobar's bombs in an apartment. So in 1993, Pablo Escobar was killed. A lot of his animals at his zoo died, and then a lot were given to actual zoos. But the hippos were just left alone in the ponds, and, like, they didn't do anything with them. Do you think Gina so, like,
1: had the respect of her dad before he died? <laughs> I do, I, okay.
2: She was pretty young, so it might have been hard at that point, you know? Okay, she didn't have that. enough time. That monkey Hopefully, picture wasn't yeah. enough? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, so the hippos were left alone in the ponds. They started to breed And then they trampled down the fences and escaped in like 2009. And part of the reason that the hippos escaped is like hippos are really social animals. But the big bull hippos will like assert dominance over the other males. So that will like prompt some of the males to want to leave and like find new areas. So once these hippos started growing up, some of them break through the fences and like left. So yeah. Hippos are, like, breaking out, and then there's one huge hippo called Pepe that broke out <laughs> and, like, was terrorizing fishermen. There
0: you it go, Killed. Mike. They did have names. Pepe. It hippo.
2: also killed six different cattle, so a lot wow. like comfrey there. I don't know why they do that. And
0: uh Territorial, maybe? I don't know. Yeah.
2: Then, like, the army went after Pepe and Uh-oh. killed the hippo. No. And a bunch of Colombians went in the streets and, like, protested the hippo being killed because the picture went viral Mm -hmm. so a judge ruled that you can't kill hippos it's illegal to kill hippos (laughs) so that becomes the law in Colombia now is like no one can kill hippos so now Gina is called to like get control of the hippos she calls this guy in South Africa named Chris Hobkirk and he's just like has a lot of experience with hippos in South Africa this point there's 30 plus hippos in the lakes in the town of Naples which is like right where Pablo was and there's just like this community of houses and they all love the hippos but there are like hippos there. There's videos of hippos walking through the streets in like towns in Colombia and it's like it's pretty crazy. So Gina and Chris set up cameras the first day Chris gets there and they want to figure out what these hippos are doing if they're leaving like the fenced area if they're going and like breaking free and the first night they see eight hippos leave the fenced area and are eating grass so it's like okay so these hippos are like out of control right and then they go to this little town a few miles away and they go to the Corcana River there's this local fisherman who says like oh yeah I see hippos where I fish on the river and he's like, I'll go take you to see him. And like, he drives them down this river for a long time. And then they see this big old bull hippo. And then they also see a female hippo with a baby hippo. And these are all just hippos out in the wild in the river. Right. So, this is like the first time anyone's ever like filmed hippos out in the wild in Colombia that aren't just in this Naples area. Right. It's like the so newest at this Jurassic point, World movie. <laughs> yeah. Gina's like, we got a real problem on our hands. This is the biggest invasive alien animal ever in the history of the world that's yeah. documented. So it's really oh, unprecedented yeah. right. that... You know, yeah, these it's are like breeding. small things, not megafauna <laughs> that take over. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like Colombia is perfect for hippos. Like in Africa, a lot of times females won't breed if there's a drought, and they'll mm-hmm. go like a, three or four years without having a baby. But in Colombia, there's a ton of rainfall, so these female hippos can have babies like yeah. and all the time, and they can an have. Baby. Up to 10 babies in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's the other thing. There's just like tons of grass everywhere. Well, that's so that's the thing about invasive species is like in their natural environments, there's like a system of safeguards that have kind of existed to control their population at the right levels, you know, so they fit in just the right way in their ecosystem. But when you put them somewhere new, those things don't exist and it could be really bad for them and they just immediately die out. Or it could just be, like, the best situation ever for them. Yeah. And they just, like, proliferate like crazy. Like pythons in Florida. Exactly. Like, no natural predators, tons of food, great habitat. So, yeah. And the problem is they're killing the animals
2: they already lived there. Right. These farmers in this river said they used to see manatees in the river and they haven't seen manatees the last few years. And then a bunch of the fish are being killed off from the feces of the hippo and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So like some of the people don't like them, but honestly, most of the people in Colombia seem to just love that they have hippos now. Yeah. Which is just crazy. So there's been hippos filmed in the streets of the town of Eldor Dahl. And then apparently someone was saying that in the documentary, they interview someone who claims that there's a black market for hippos and that people can buy hippos for $300. Oh my wow. gosh. <laughs> you
0: serious? And then
2: he tells them about this guy who bought hippos and they like go to his property and there's just two hippos there. Jeez. Yeah, so it's like getting really out of control. You know, you, how, how can you control the population when there's like a whole black market for it? Right. So in the end of the documentary, they trapped these hippos into a old cattle fence thing. And it's just a mom and it's baby. They use like a trail of carrots to lure them in there. Uh-huh. And then they tranquilize the hippos, which I guess was like super dangerous Cause hippos don't really do well with sedatives and Uh also it's hard to penetrate their skin and also hippos will go into the water and like both these hippos did, and then they could drown if they're tranquilized and like go into the water, but they tranquilize them both and she, so Gina's a vet and she actually cut open a hippo and it took her two hours just to get through the skin. And then she ended up uh, sterilizing the young baby female hippo. Uh-huh, yeah. And then they like drive thirty hours and take this baby hippo to a zoo. But like, it's this huge process just to sterilize a one single hippo. One. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh. And in 2020, there was 60 plus unsterilized hippos in Colombia. So I just looked it up, and in 2022. They think now that there's 133 hippos in Colombia. Wow. So they're, like, spreading really fast. That's from Alexander von Humboldt, a biological researcher. Yeah, okay. And then in March, Colombia finally declared hippos an invasive animal. Good, yeah. So now the plan is still to sterilize every hippo. And watching this documentary, The Hunt for Pablo's Hippos... It was just like they were doing everything with the smallest amount of resources. Right. Like to pick yeah. the hippo up to transport it, they just got like 30 people to lift it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like they now- need like cranes. They need real like things to transport yeah. these hippos. Maybe they now need like ways to
1: capture them and sterilize them, you know? Maybe now that they're an invasive species, they'll have more resources to do that. Yeah. You so I have to think I'm so. Out-
2: the last I saw, they have twenty four sterilized hippos. Okay, well, so they're making progress, but yeah. like you gotta do it quick.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, so that was my research on Pablo Escobar and his hippos, and All right. I just think it's that's like,
0: super interesting.
2: Like, can you imagine if they like get into like a Venezuela or like start Th- spreading through like, South they need America? To,
1: they need to take care of them now because that could do a lot of damage to those Dude, ecosystems. Dude, there's like hippo statues all through Columbia. Yeah, <laughs> they, whether, whether or not it. the public loves them, like that's just something yeah. you have to take care of. And that can be something they can remember forever, but it's too destructive. All
2: yeah. right, so that's, that's all the info I have for was, this
1: episode. That was great, Jeff. Great, thanks, Jeff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so now we'll go into categories. All I right. want to start out with the anaconda scale. Notice how I said that, right? Yeah. Nice job. You nailed it. Um, So Marius, where would you rank him on your Anaconda scale? Uh, You said it wrong.
0: (laughs) That's fine. So I, I'm all mixed up now. Who's the John? Void is all the way on the bad end of the spectrum. Yeah, he's bad. But okay, he's he's who I'm picking for Marius.
1: Uh, me too,
2: I think, without yeah. a doubt. Especially where he like got people close to him in danger. Yeah.
1: He endangered right. other people. He like thought he could tame a wild animal, and he uh, ended up paying for it with his life. He's a John. He's a John Voigt. Sucks who, that it happened. Who would to him. you
2: would you give more ouchies to Marius or Johan?
1: Oh, are we doing ouchies? Uh, Marius. Yeah, I'm gonna move on to ouchies. I Ooh. think I'm giving Marius seven ouchies sounded like I mean he died but it sounded like it was really quick and then Johan I'm gonna give seven as well femurs are supposed to be the most painful bone to break I've heard I'm g- it was his pelvis though oh, it was pelvis
0: I f- shoot yeah mixed that up well, that would suck too. So
1: yeah. I almost feel like Johan's pain is worse. He had well, to watch like, his friend die too, or his relative, or whatever. Yeah.
0: Don't forget about a lifetime Mar- of emotional damage. Marius, that Marius died Marius pretty suffered. fast. Yeah.
2: Marius Added, Marius.
1: added Shit, the hands of his best that. friend.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's I. I would say
1: Marius at five. Five. He died, right? He died. Did I forget? <laughs> he
2: died so fast. Five dude.
1: is what we've given people for, like, breaking an arm. And he died. <laughs> uh, I'm
2: sticking to it. Right.
1: I'm going to give Marius an eight
0: and Johan a five. Okay. I'm giving them both yeah. sevens.
2: Okay. What would your guy's ideal pet be if there's, like, no moral implications and you have, like, unlimited resources and
1: land? A red panda. Cause this
2: one was pretty sweet to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want a <laughs> red. Right
1: I want a red card. panda. Okay. Hmm. I don't want anything that's big enough that it could kill someone, or
0: that would be expensive. Well, I guess financial is not an issue here, but still, yeah. feeding a huge animal all the time would kind of. Yeah. Know.
2: Well, yeah, That's why I put that caveat yeah. in.
0: Right. Yeah. Not only expensive, a lot but of it kind of just be
1: a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. That's why I want a red panda. I feel like Dude, it just wants to I want a hippo to now that just <laughs> acts like my
2: dog. Mm. <laughs> All
0: right. I want a condor. Yeah, a condor. Okay. Because I feel like they'd be able to take care of themselves. Plus, I feel like like, they'd they smell
1: just, really bad. Would they? I don't yeah, know much about like them. vultures smell terrible. I just like I the movie like condor, like condor Man. But condors aren't vultures. But okay, I accept your I accept your thanks. Answer.
2: And then because of pablo's hippos
0: we're gonna do favorite pop culture drug dealer all right i don't know what this says about me but i thought of so many so fast so i there's must a have, just have, have a lot of yeah so i'm just gonna go with the most recent drug dealer that i've really gotten into so there's recently finished trilogy of books called the Greenbone saga and there's a crime syndicate family called the kauls and they I can already see West just glazing over, and checking <laughs> my eyes out. are glazing. Anyway, over. <laughs> they're a drug dealing crime.
1: Leave it up, family up to my to pick a so. reference that no one's ever heard of. Books are good. I recommend them. All right. Fonda Lee. Great job. Fonda. I'm picking, I picked a, a comedy one and a serious one. So for comedy, okay. I picked the, t- the duo of James Franco and Danny McBride in Pineapple Express, which mm. I think is one of the funniest movies ever. And then. I picked that Avon. would just be James Franco. Why? Danny McBride's a drug dealer. In that, on... isn't he? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking of the other dude. And then I'm picking Avon Barksdale for my serious nice. drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. From The Wire. I thought of someone from The Wire, but it was Marlo
0: Stanfield. I I love really? Avon. Yeah, I, was I don't know team why. Avon. Yeah, they're all great. That that's that's an amazing show.
2: I'm gonna go with just personal choice. I'm going, well, like, I don't know how to say it. A biased choice. Okay. I'm going with uh, the guy down the street, Pablo Escobar in Narcos. Yeah. Because I met the actor Wagner Mora and he's the coolest dude ever. He listened to our daddy daughter date episode on the podcast and told me that was really intense when I (laughs) sent it to him. (laughs) Oh, cool. But he's like the coolest dude ever. He bought me a bunch of lobster sandwiches. So great.
1: In that oh, role man. too, and like
2: he was amazing as Pablo Escobar, Wait, he and like
1: bought you a bunch of lobster sandwiches,
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: <laughs> uh, that's what it takes but, to get Jeff's vote, yeah.
2: I want to shout out Scarface, that was probably my runner up, Tony.
0: All right, uh, I also want to shout out Kane from Robocop 2, which I admit <laughs> is an inferior movie, but Tom Noonan is incredible in that film. Oh my,
2: He's God. So what about like good. Tony
1: Soprano? Yeah, he's, he's not man. really a drug dealer, though. I mean, he is but probably. Sure he yeah. Is. Okay, that's a stretch, though. How he sells drugs? Yeah, but he like they do so many other things. It's organized <laughs> crime. I don't know.
0: Sure. I also like Brad Dourif. What's his name? Something Wyatt. In I, this just came to me. I've been watching Miami huh. Vice a lot lately. You're such a Brad Dourif fan. freaking Walter Brad. White.
1: Yeah, I thought of him. That's my all-time favorite show, probably. But Lara? I, I stand Lara? by my, stand by my choices. We can just keep listing okay. drug dealers all the Yeah, <laughs> that's a good... There's a
2: lot. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm in. No. Ricardo okay. Diaz. Listener question. GTA Vice Mike, City. you want to start us off with Patreon?
0: I do. We got a couple. So I want to double up for Nora. She has one question I thought would be nice for all of us to get into, and then one maybe more for Wes. But first question they have is, how do you get out or into pants or sweatshirts slash shirts that are inside out or when you're exhausted do you wrestle it or fold it or pull it out neatly or do you have a dance to get out of it how do you deal with that situation
2: to get my sweats off i just like get get it to where my like feet are above the heat, my heels are on top of it and then i just walk backwards until they
0: like come oh, off oh yeah that's a that's a <laughs> nice trick I pull and then off while you're the doing waist. that
2: you can take your sweatshirt off and then it's like mm two birds with one stone
0: Are you like oh. a floor a floor clothes guy or do you try to put them away and be a little neat Half and half Depends yeah. Some days I'm some days I'm neat I mean, some days I'm floor clothes It's pretty easy
2: when you're like taking your clothes off because all you have to do is throw them in the basket
1: Yeah I'm not sure I fully understand the question, but I just kind of... There's uh, a lot. Of, I pull my shirt off from the bottom. I feel like there's like the three bottom, questions in one. And yeah. And then I also just take my pants off from the waist. That's weird. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> That's how I do it. It's pretty normal, I feel like. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Second part of the question. Maybe, Wes, you have some insight on this. You guys mentioned that the rabies vaccine for humans can be like 10 k dollars plus. Why or how is it cheaper for house cats and dogs?
1: Yeah, so a little distinction here. The 10K plus is after you've been bitten. It's a different treatment after you've already been bitten by something and you suspect Mm. you have rabies. That's not necessarily like the vaccine you're receiving. you just go get it now. If you get a vaccine preventative, it's less. It's still really expensive. I still think you're paying like in the thousands for it, but it's a lot less than if you've already been bitten by something. But I think the reason it's so much more expensive for people is because they make it from, like, an immunoglobulin. Like, they make it from human blood, and it's really expensive to make it from that, to, like, separate all the parts and to do this process to make the rabies vaccine. And for animals, for whatever reason, it's just much easier. I think there's no, like, kind of FDA oversight, and they can just make it from the cheapest, most accessible kind of components. But for humans, they have all these crazy rules that they have to go by. And so it gets really expensive.
2: Dude, it's, a, it's such a scam that
1: so many humans are just
2: like really generous and give their blood for free. And yeah, then like they make when you need it. it, you have to like pay for it.
1: I know. The biggest scam is we're talking the U.S. here. Other countries, you can get rabies vaccines for free or like for very little. And if you get bitten by an animal that you suspect to be rabid, they'll like treat you for free too. This is an American problem. This isn't in other places. Man. Yeah. I got some Instagram questions. Okay.
2: From Nick Greeny, if you were to pick an animal for each other's personalities, what would they be? Hmm. Mike would kind of be a horse. Pretty <laughs> <You> loyal. <think? laughs>
1: loyal? Yeah. Get out of here. Loyal. I think I would actually pick a bear for Get Mike. Get a little wild. A bear. Yeah. Like- Mike likes for sleeping. No, for Mike. Oh, for Mike. He likes sleeping. Yeah. He like mm. can be. He can get really angry really quickly. For the most part, he's like really fun to be around though, and like, but he's also like likes a dark spot just to sleep and hang out. I do kind of like
0: binge eat too. You know, there's a big yeah. bowl of berries go, in front of me. I'm working my way through them. And once I might it, go
2: sea turtle for Mike. Why? Because he loves swimming and he's pretty
1: chill. Okay. Uh, for Jeff, I would say. I think Slothy. I would say, yeah, like a sloth is the one I think of. No, it's because I was animated as one. Yeah, that might be it. Or, I
2: like that. Sloths are sweet. But yeah. it's not like you're- That's like my nickname growing up. It's. I don't think it's- It's like, a little offensive.
1: It doesn't mean you're slow, like mentally, but I just think like- Kind of does. No, they're not slow <laughs> mentally. They're just like kind of slow moving.
2: You don't think they're mentally slow? They're probably they're pretty. Dumb. You
1: think they're like thinking really fast as they move? One. I don't think mile they're more mentally hour. slow than like other
0: animals. I was thinking sea turtle for you, Jeff, but for Wes, I'm going with a fox because he's huh. curious. They're usually. I don't know. I think foxes are usually depicted as being like kind of sharp witted. Is that true? Is that a right. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Smart. I'll like go a fox. with a koala because he's kind of a bear, but he's a small bear. Tons of chlamydia too. Not a bear. All right.
2: Uh, From Andy Scare Bear. What are you supposed to do in a dinosaur encounter? Jurassic World feels inaccurate. Uh, I don't know.
1: You just hold your hand
2: out. I think it's
1: accurate. (laughs) Or don't move if it's a T-Rex. Yeah, Yeah. just hold your hand out and be uh, Chris Pratt
2: just watch the movies yeah. it, it yeah. explains
1: it all dude stand in um, front of a freezer door and then
0: slam it when you trick him into running inside
2: oh yeah like a mirror yeah. door
0: Mirror, to get the mirror out
2: um from niste what's up with bears and logs i saw a bear the other day digging through a log
1: oh good question so a lot of times they'll rip apart logs, like dead logs, because that's a spot where ants are going to lay their larva or where there's going to be termites or other bugs for them to eat. So generally they're ripping them up to get at bugs. That's that's almost for sure what it was doing, ripping it up to get some some sweet, sweet bugs. Grubs. Eat up those bugs. Yep. <laughs> chubby little bugs yeah full of juice like in life from boy I, i'm so jealous we've kind of answered all this bugs. one
2: but we can just <laughs> yeah. i feel like we won't have the same answer so i'm still asking it from mayor evan favorite hollywood movie animal attack
1: mine's probably the bear attack and the revenant yeah it's just really favorite? true to it's really true to form it's like really accurate it's thrilling it's scary that's probably what i would pick They did a pretty good job with the CG bear, which is rare. So that's, yeah, I think that's what I'll go with. It's a rare
0: bear, according to Wes's (laughs) words. Uh, I'm going with Jaws eating Quint. I think that'll always be my answer to this. Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever get unthroned. I'm trying to
2: think if there's ever an animal that hits someone in the balls in a movie. I'm sure there is.
0: Yeah. Didn't Steve Zahn get punched in the balls by that raccoon? In, oh, I what was that know. movie? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh,
1: <laughs> what was that movie called? The one with like Jason Biggs. Saving
2: Silverman. It's yeah, S- saving it was Silverman. Saving
1: Silverman, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's my guy. Sure. <laughs> the raccoon <laughs> attack in <laughs> <and> Saving Silverman. <laughs> right. It's a deep pull. <laughs> All right. And then for hippos, how much do you guys like it?
1: How many claws and how much you like it? I can't remember what I gave him last time. But they're not super high for me. Like, I'm probably going to say, I'll say seven claws. And the reason they're that high is because I really like seeing them in zoos. I think they're a really cool animal to see, like where they have the tanks that you can see under the water and stuff. And they're just, because they are so dangerous and cool, I'll give them a seven. But generally, I don't think I'd be that into them. When I saw them in Africa, they weren't like a highlight for me.
0: Oh, really? I was going to say that maybe seeing him in the wild would be a pretty cool experience. No,
1: they kind of just were like chilling in the water. Mm. I got a really cool video of a bird standing on one and it looks like it's just standing on a rock. And then all of a sudden the hippo like rises out of the water and you realize it's standing on a hippo. You
0: got a picture of that? A video. Oh, a video. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's like some Harry Potter technology that you have. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I for some reason I've kind of come around on them. I ranked them pretty low, but I'm gonna give them five claws this time, and I think that's a step up for me. Okay, Jeff, I'm also bumping them up. <laughs> you were already how Just to 11 to, okay. to a 10. Wow, yeah,
2: and I'm putting them, they were 25 overall for me, and I'm putting them at 16. All right, new renewed appreciation for hippos. Yeah, I freaking love hippos. Like Wes was saying, if I'm at a zoo, like they're probably my highlight of the whole zoo trip. Is they are cool hippos. to see in zoos.
1: And I think they do pretty so, well in zoos.
2: Okay, last category. I forgot. I had it in my notes and I skipped it somehow. But I want to do what would Wes and Mike do. Okay. So we'll start with Mike and then we'll let Wes kind of tell us what we're supposed to do with hippos. Got
0: it. So in the event of being attacked by a hippo, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot you can do, but I really would have taken up the offer to like match make my hippo with a girl hippo. I think that would yeah. have probably relieved a whole lot of sexual attention, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just gotta let him get his get his I rocks feel like- off.
0: Yep. I
2: probably would have said just feed it an apple but yeah, he have a bunch of apples. Apple. Yeah. He had one. Well, he, he took, took a, bite a bite out of it of though. It. Yeah. Maybe it Maybe wanted that the whole made apple. It mad. That yeah. set him
1: off. Yeah. I would make me mad. Someone's yeah. like about to give me an apple hey, and here's they your take apple a bite out of they, it first. yeah, exactly. Especially if you're a hippo and like that apple's just a tiny little fleck for you. <laughs> um all right, so I'll tell you what you actually should do. So the main thing with hippos as Mike mentioned is like avoiding being in one's mouth. If you're in its mouth, there's not anything you can do. Um, Like truly nothing. uh... This is one of those animals where it's like, if it's got you, you're out of options. So Mm. the, the big thing is like, A a lot of hippo attacks are surprise encounters. So like a person rounds a corner in a river or something and there's hippos there or they just end up too close or the hippos are out feeding at night and they walk into some hippos. So the main thing is like if you are on a a waterway in Africa or you're walking around at night where there could be hippos nearby, you got to make your presence known. You got to make sure you're making plenty of noise If you're on a boat, you can like slap the side of the boat every once in a while just to like warn any hippos that you might be approaching. That gives them time to leave, which is probably what they're going to want to do. It just gives them more time to make a decision, and it doesn't trigger that immediate kind of like defensive attack. If you are around hippos, you want to look for signs of aggression. Jeff mentioned one earlier, like the ears going down, yawning, vocalizations. Those are all signs of aggression in hippos if you see those things you want to get out of that area pretty quickly. Avoid thickets. Avoid places at night where hippos might be hanging out. And then if you are being chased by a hippo, like get up a tree, get up a termite mound, get up something where the hippo isn't actually going to be able to grab you. Those are the main things that I've learned. But again, it's avoiding with them. It's 100% avoiding the encounter. Once you're being attacked by the hippo, you just got to hope it doesn't want to kill you because... It's totally capable of it.
2: It seems to me if you run away, they kind of give up quick.
1: They can be really me. fast. It, it just depends. Yeah. And like, yeah, you could run from a hippo. Running from a hippo isn't a bad idea. Wh- when we're talking about any ungulate, and hippos are ungulates, running isn't ever a bad idea. It's a bad
2: idea if you're in a canoe on
1: on oh, the really? water. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> but you they're not a predator. You're not triggering a predatory response by running. A lot of times, all it wants you to do is get away. So if you can yeah. run away, by all means run away. But if you're in the water yeah. or something, the main thing is making sure it knows you're there before you surprise it.
2: Okay. Well, that is my episode. Thanks, Jeff. Um, yeah. Ooh. Thanks for listening. My pleasure. Hopefully, Thanks everyone out there. I do it again. Hopefully yeah, sure. you guys Hopefully if you guys listen to this whole episode, you don't end up buying a hippo as yeah. a pet. And yeah. hopefully your you dads know? are all if, proud of you. If <laughs> yeah. like yeah. 99% of the people who listen to this episode don't end up buying a pet hippo, I'll feel like I accomplished something. Today. Job well done. That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: I don't know if that's the best statistics. Um. You know. Set attainable right. goals. Well, right. thanks again, everyone. Again, if you... Hey, if you want more episodes that are led by Jeff, or if you're curious to see what a Mike-led episode might be like... It's it wild. I promise you, it's wild. It's fun. Uh, check out our Patreon, or check out our Apple Grizz Club, because you're going to get a lot of content. Like, a lot. And we have the same
2: content on both platforms. We have yeah. all the epi- bonus episodes on
1: Patreon and Grizzly. And it up. pretty much costs the price of like four or five apples. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I think mm-hmm. four or five mm-hmm. apples a month for all that bonus content seems worth it to me. Way cheaper than a pet hippo. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later.
2: All right. We love, love you guys. It.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.